We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. It's Blue Gold Week. It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk. We're up and running. Glad to have you with us today, along with Jesse Styers. I am Sean Styers. We've uh, we've got a little bit of a switcheroo. Jesse and Vince have swapped days this week, so we start the day with someone better looking than the other one. So that's that's always <laughs> a plus. <laughs> I kid, just in case Vince happens to be sitting in the uh, the chat right now or or listening after the fact. But hope you're having a good one. I tell you what, we've had about I don't even know what the 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 swing in temperatures has been. Two nights ago, I was sitting on my couch, like starting to sweat, wondering if we needed to crack on the AC that night. And then this morning, I get up and there's a dusting of snow on the ground, and it's been like blowing wind all day <laughs> and in the 30s so welcome to south bend you gotta love it it's not going to be quite this cold this saturday for the blue gold game but it's it's going to be a little bit chilly out there for what, what i've seen in the forecast yeah i uh i had our we had our windows open all weekend and then last night woke up this morning and i was freezing cold and as we talk there is snow falling on the ground right now so interesting times yes yes well we count down to saturday's blue gold game the end of spring football practice we got to hear from fighting Irish head coach marcus freeman after a live scrimmage they had inside notre dame stadium saturday by the way speaking of the blue gold game if you're coming to the game this saturday and you haven't been over to campus recently, this has nothing to do with the weather, get there early if you want to get a parking spot because they've got the entire Joyce parking lot just south of Purcell Pavilion slash the Joyce Center. It is completely ripped up and under construction. That whole main parking lot there south of, of uh, Purcell, the Joyce lot, is torn up it is closed down so that's a huge probably what a couple thousand uh, parking spaces that you've got in there that will be unavailable saturday so uh you know if you're like vince and you get there five minutes before kickoff you might be walking <laughs> you might you might be getting there 15 minutes after kickoff 
So just beware of that. You might want to get there early if you're planning on it. But, you know, if you're going to tailgate, you're going to get there early anyway. But uh, it's going to be a little bit a uh, little bit harder to uh, to come by a parking spot. You might have to walk away. So beware of that. Be ready to go. You're going to be in Atlanta this weekend, aren't you? Yeah, I'll be down in Atlanta for um, a wedding. And that's a large reason why Vince and I switched days this week. Busy schedule on Tuesday and Thursday. Flying, actually, on Thursday. So, um, yeah, we'll be down there. Uh, some some of our friends attended Georgia Tech. That's where they met. And then they're getting married down uh-huh. in Atlanta because okay. that's, like, where they All went right. to school and where they met. That, sounds, stuff, that so. sounds real exciting. Good luck with that. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Derek's – oh, I – Put on the wrong one. Uh, is it all ripped up between Purcell and Compton? Karen asks. Good question, Karen. Only the Joyce lot. You know, so like that that first main lot directly south of Purcell is the one that is ripped up. And then you kind of have that, you know, there's like that intermediate area. And then, so then Compton, that parking lot, the Compton lot is open. That one is open. It is just the Joyce lot. I don't know what they even call the Compton lot. Is it called the Compton lot? <laughs> but that one is open, but it is just that Joyce lot. And they put a stop sign in there on that that street that enters there. And where that stop sign is, it would be north of the stop sign. Is It, it is all torn up. And then south of the uh, stop sign toward Compton, that is an open parking lot. So it is just that main, you know, big Joyce lot that I'm talking about. Derek says he's parking at my house. If you park at my house, it'll take you an hour and a half probably to walk <laughs> to the stadium. So we used to live a lot closer. It would have taken you maybe 20 minutes or so uh, to walk, but not now. So maybe I should just go get a bus and run a shuttle out there this weekend. Do you have enough grass that you could park at least 20 cars? That's true. That's true. Rent a van. I bet I could actually make a little bit of money off that if I ran a show. <laughs> All right. Well, a couple of notes. Speaking of the again, speaking of the blue gold game, Marcus Freeman said Prince Kali in concussion protocols. So, you know, there was some hand wringing about Prince Kali because we hadn't seen him for a couple of practices. What's going on with him? You know, as soon as, as soon as you don't see someone for a little bit and there's no tangible news on him, everyone assumes you know the worst. Not even injury the worst. They assume that a guy's going to transfer right away. So Prince Kali in concussion protocols, according to Marcus Freeman. So hopefully he is is better. But it doesn't sound like he's going to play this week. Um, freshman cornerback Christian Gray had a knee scope. And then a, another freshman early enrollee, Ben Minnick, had a thumb procedure. So none of those guys are going to play this Saturday. So unfortunately, we won't be able to see any of them. Uh, yes, you're absolutely right, Anthony. Dealing with Notre Dame fans, and I mean, probably every fan base goes through it, but uh, but Prince Kali, quote-unquote, just con- concussion protocol. Again, like, it, not, not overlooking the severity of concussion, but at least can, you know, kind of put some minds to rest that it's uh, it's nothing bigger picture than that right now. And yes, DJ, thank you very much for that reminder. I haven't even gotten to smashing the like button. I do appreciate you bringing that up. It, of course, helps out Irish Breakdown. 
and uh, subscribe, rate, and review, and all that good stuff on your podcast platforms as well. And leave a comment if you want to as well. So Freeman said the offense won the scrimmage Saturday. They had a little scrimmage out there at Notre Dame Stadium on what was a beautiful day inside Notre Dame Stadium Saturday. Um, and there was there were some highlights posted to Notre Dame social media. You know, nice offensive highlights. You had Sam Hartman scoring on the little touchdown bolt to the corner of the end zone. You had the beautiful looking pass, the dime that he dropped to Chris Tyree on a throw down field. Those were some of the highlights. But how does it register to you, Jess, I guess, first of all, to hear that the offense won the day Saturday afternoon? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To me, that's uh, better than hearing that the defense won the day. And honestly, like uh, talking, you know, thinking about when I we participated in kind of full team scrimmages, um, there's and this might be some biasy on my side, but they're set up in a way where I, I feel like the offense should win. And so if the offense isn't winning, um, I, I feel like it's it's not necessarily a good thing. So you want to hear that the offense is progressing, especially with a lot of the new faces you know, new face at quarterback, new face at offensive coordinator, new face at quarterback coach, new offensive line coach, um, some new guys at wide receiver. Like there's just a lot of new things. And so when you hear that the offense won the day um, and knowing kind of, you know, how good the defense was uh, ended up being last year um, and a lot of the stuff that you've heard, you know, coming out of practices that the defense has looked, you know, pretty much a, a little bit better in most in some regards than the offense. It's good to hear that they won. But Again, when I played, um, it, there's you know you can't touch the quarterback. There's only certain proximities you can get within, right? And so you want to hear that the offense is winning because again, I I feel like at least it's set up for the offense to win. And so if they don't win when it's set up to win, then that's not a good sign. The Phil Jerkovic rules of spring football, where you you know if you breathe on the quarterback, he's sacked, and you tick off Phil Jerkovic, and he gets very upset about the fact that. <laughs> He was not allowed to run and, you know, avoid sacks and all that different kind of stuff. I'll tell you what, Al Golden, I think he took five questions at his press conference, um, you know, because they did Marcus Freeman, then Al Golden came in after Marcus Freeman, then Jared Parker came in after that. Freeman talked for like 25 to 30 minutes. Al Golden was no joke. He was up there for like five and <laughs> Jared Parker probably took at least twice as many questions. Al Golden did not seem like he was a happy man when he stepped up there to the podium, just kind of based on his facial expressions, the tone of his voice and uh, the shortness of some of his, 
his uh, answers. So, uh, you know, he was, he looked like he took it a little bit personally, maybe that, that the offense got the best of him. And, you know, I, I think you mentioned it this spring from what we've seen, the defense has had a little bit more of the upper hand and we'll, you know, we'll get to some of that with some of the, the, the sound that we're going to play from Marcus Freeman. So I was a little bit surprised because it, it's you know from what Marcus Freeman said when he kind of went through how the scrimmage went off the top of his press conference that you know, the offense actually got out to a really comfortable early lead and he did say it was one of those complicated scoring systems so who knows exactly what all that entails you know like did you convert a third down maybe that gives you some points or something like that there weren't a lot of sacks he said you know all those different things so I was a little bit surprised to see you know to hear how sort of easily the offense was able to do it out there and would would have liked to be able to see that because as we turn this now and talk specifically about the quarterbacks, like, is there a switch that went on for Sam Hartman? Maybe? I was getting ready to say that that was kind of leading me to a thought I have is, you know, is Sam Hartman just one of those gamer type of guys? Like, does he struggle a little bit with the monotony of practice and considering this especially is, spring practice, right? Yeah. Spring practice is probably his fifth or sixth spring. The sixth. This only. is he was an early enrollee at Wake. This is the sixth time he has gone through spring practice. Right. So it's like a little vanilla, a little boring, and I'm sure he couldn't wait to get to an actual scrimmage where he could let it rip. You know things, and the thing is too at practice, everything is so scripted, right? It's mm -hmm. it's you know defense is running this, and the offense is going to you know work on this based on that, and that used to frustrate me so much is because like. You know, as a defense, we'll be like, oh, the offense is trying something out today. And it's like, OK, well, we haven't prepared for this. And the offense knows what our base defense is and what we've been doing all spring. Sure. And so when you're just sitting back there getting to try new things out, well, it's like, OK, well, you guys are prepared for this and we're not. And so when practice is scripted and certain things, you know, certain sides of the ball are trying certain things, it's easier for that, you know, offense, defense to have a clear advantage. And I think uh, this this the scrimmage showed a little bit of you know, who, who Hartman is as a baller or a gamer, sorry, um, and that it, it probably wasn't as scripted. And I think that is also something that probably benefited him as well, just going out there and letting it rip because, you know, spring is a very vanilla thing. And as his sixth spring, I, I'm sure that he's yeah. not been bored a little bit, but I'm sure he's been anxious to kind of let it rip and, and let things go off script a little bit. This is the, uh, the unfortunate anniversary of the, you know, 10-year anniversary of – the Patriots Day bombing and at the at the Boston Marathon in Boston. But it is also that season, the Red Sox, of course, went on to win the World Series. And I was watching, I've got the, you know, the extra innings package, and I was watching the end of the Red Sox game, and they went right into a uh, a whole retrospective of that 2013 season with the Red Sox. And it started off. David Ortiz was like chilling and not doing much at spring training. And, and, you know, some, some guy came up to him. He's like, are you okay? And he's like, look, I'm an old man. I'm, I'm resting right now. I'm picking my spots, <laughs> you know? And it's like, same thing, Sam Hartman. I think, you know, just like you said, year six spring, I don't know. But as Anthony said, would that would have been, I think that would have been a, a little bit more informative for everybody had we seen that, but Hey, we'll get to see some live action this Saturday at the blue gold game, but we did get, uh, we've got some comments for Marcus Freeman from his press conference uh, after that scrimmage Saturday. 
starting with what he said about naming a starting quarterback. Quarterback, when you know, I'm fully confident we have a we, uh, we have one starting quarterback. I think both of them could be starting quarterbacks for us right now. They're both improving and they're both getting better. So if you can have a competition, right, and two guys are getting better, that's what you want, right? That's what you want, and and they're both getting better and they're both practicing at a high level. So we'll name a starter at some point. I know we have to. I don't plan to to let this thing go into the season. Um, but at some point, I know we have to name a starter, and we will. <laughs> yes, at some point, you do have to name a starter. That's that's like part of the deal. I guess unless you're going to try to play Brian Kelly and split it down the middle, like, what, 20, um, 2016 with uh, Kaiser and and uh, Zaire. But he's not naming one anytime soon, you know, at least not in the next week before spring ends. I mean, not really a surprise, is it? No, I, I, that, that's not something that's overly surprising to me. Um, you know, spring, again, is all about competition um, and, and leaving the depth chart kind of open. Like guys know based on how they perform, got feedback they're getting, you know, kind of where they overall stand. And you'll have probably, you know, at the end of every spring, there's going to be what are called like exit interviews before, you know, the summer, before there's a little bit of time off for the summer and before they come back and, you know, really get it dialed in um, for, for the fall. And so, again, it's just it's it keeps everyone's confidence, everyone's enthusiasm up, just knowing that they're even if it is kind of defined who might you know be the starter, who might not be. But there's still that ambiguity because I think it allows allows guys to come in and compete harder um, every day. And I think that's what ultimately the culture that Marcus Freeman wants to breed is that competitive every day, bringing your yeah, right. competition, bringing your best and having to work for everything. So. It's no surprise to me. And I just because he mentioned quarterbacks, I'm sure that that goes for every position on the depth chart. That's not just a quarterback thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, season opener is August 26th. So how far into camp would you be comfortable with not having a decision on this? Um, I think as long as someone is announced before the end of camp, I would be okay with that. I don't think it needs to be something again. I, yeah, I actually, I'm just going to leave it at that. I think by the end of camp, that's ultimately when kind of everything should be decided because you have the prep, the proper preparation going into it, It's no longer, you know, spring camp or fall camp. It's, we are now in game week mode. We are preparing for our opponent. It needs right. to be very, you know, uh, just those positions need to be identified at that point. You know, who's at where on the roster, um, and that sort of thing. So I think doing it right as fall camp concludes is where I would feel comfortable. And it's a zero-week game as well. So I'm going to imagine, and I haven't heard specifically on this, this might be something we can check on this week or this weekend. I would imagine, like, typically fall camp starts around the set, you know, the start of the second week of August. I imagine they're going to start a little bit, you'll be able to start earlier than that this year, begin you know, on, then they have two buys during the week as well. I, I think my comfort level would be probably two weeks at the longest. Um, because you, you know, when you are preparing for an actual game, you do need to start figuring out, okay, who's getting the majority of the reps and all that kind of stuff, who's actually running the offense and those things. And I mean, you know, look, I, I get this is this is fairly legitimate. DC Irish 1213 says there is no quarterback competition. Exclamation point. 
Don't let any, anyone fool you. Hartman will win the job, and Buckner will either decide to leave and transfer out somewhere or will be the backup. I lean towards him transferring. All right, I'll take uh, I'll take the first part first. Um, there is no quarterback competition, is what he says. I would argue that it is at least as much a quarterback competition as Jack Cohn versus Tyler Buckner was, and then Tyler Buckner versus Drew Pine was. You know, all the things that you just talked about, Jesse, the spirit of competition. You know, we might, it might be a fairly foregone conclusion, but at least as far as they're concerned, they are treating it like it is an actual competition. Um, do you believe that it is an actual competition or is it just a foregone conclusion to get to the announcement of Sam Hartman as soon as possible in August? I don't think it's a competition and I don't think there's any rush to get to any sort of um, announcement, and this is an age-old kind of debate conversation that, you know, ever since Hartman was announced that he's transferring here, where does that put, you know, everyone else not named Sam Hartman within the, the ranks of the depth chart? And again, this you, you just don't make this kind of move and go after someone with this much experience and knowing, you know, what he's trying to accomplish as well, you know, in preparation for the NFL, if he's not going to be your starter. And, and I don't think that again, that means Tyler Buckner is going to get zero snaps or any playing times. So I do think that there is going to be a role for Tyler Buckner. You know how big or small they make that when they decide to use him. You know uh, within certain personnel packages on the field, that's up to them. But again, I, I don't think that there's a competition, and I think Sam Hartman is definitely like I'm 99% sure that Hartman is going to be the starter. Um, but again. You just don't announce those things because you want Tyler Buckner to make as much as you want Tyler Buckner to develop as much as possible. And what right. you do to help him to develop as much as possible is not put him in the second string seat as soon as camp starts, because you want him to have that fire to go yeah. after the, the potential starting spot still. And so I think it's only going to make Tyler Buckner compete harder. It's going to push Hartman harder. Um, and it's just overall going to make the team better when you don't announce something like this up front. One of the indirect results of bringing in a guy with Sam Hartman's experience is the fact that you can have this competition in the spring and you can, everything that you said that, that, that you can motivate Tyler Buckner to get better. And he has someone both to learn from and to compare himself to as he goes through this whole thing. And I mean, look, we've seen it season after season after season. It is very rare that you get through an entire season with one guy as the quarterback. More likely than not, even if Sam Hartman – do we think Sam Hartman's going to be the starter? Sure we do. But more likely than not, you're going to need Tyler Buckner at some point, whether that's, you know, at like Tyler Buckner package or situationally or whatever or, you know, something – you know, look at, at Hartman last year at Wake Forest. They needed another quarterback when he was there last year. And, you know, in terms of the transferring thing – None of us know exactly in it. This it, it is always such an individual thing, person to person, you know, like whether or not you're going to transfer or whether you're going to stay and battle it out, you know, all those different things for the long haul. Tyler Buckner, you know, still is going to have multiple seasons of eligibility remaining after this year. Um, so in, in terms of the transfer thing, again, it it it'll be an individual decision for him, but once you get into the season. There's no, there's no benefit to him by, you know, like pulling the ripcord, like in fall training camp, for example, it's not like he can go someplace else and, and play right away. 
And two, even like if you rewind it, reel it back even before that, I think if Tyler Buckner was going to go somewhere as a result of Sam Hartman coming in, it was going to be last December like Drew Pine. Like I think that that's when he, he would have left if that was his inclination. Because even if Hartman ends up being the guy this year, then again, Hartman or Buckner has multiple years of eligibility remaining after that. And, you know, he stands to be the starting quarterback a year from now. So again, like I can't tell you what his decision is going to be, but I just think if he was going to leave, he would have, he would have already been gone right now because he knew that Sam Hartman was coming in just like Drew Pine knew Sam Hartman was coming in. I don't know. What do you think about that? No, I, I, I do concur with um, a lot of what you were saying. And I like the comment that uh, DT Roll Hunter uh, kind of brought up recently saying that Sam should want it to be a competition too because it does make him better. And ultimately, yeah. that's what competition does is it makes everyone better. No matter if this was Hartman's you know, third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, there's always room to get better. And I'm sure that there's stuff that you know Bugner does that pushes Hartman to want to be like, wow, you know, I I I need to tune that up, or I want to be, you know, I want to be able to do something like that. So I really like the aspect of the competition. I also yeah. like this comment too. Everyone jumps to negative thoughts in terms of the jump right the to portal. that conclusion. Like everyone thinks as soon as something goes, you know, like, like the road gets a little bit bumpy for a player, everyone thinks that everyone's gonna jump into the transfer portal right away. Right. And so this is this is just a natural thing that comes with, you know, being an athlete at a top tier football program. Not everyone gets to start. And there are times where you kind of just have to take the back seat um, and get better. And that's got to be Bugner's mentality is how can I get better in this situation and not, you know, pity me, why me kind of situation. And I'm not saying that's what Buckner does at all. And I think that he's done everything that he should to, you know, just continue to work on his game. Um, and take things in stride. And Tommy Gunn says he'd be perfectly fine with him naming naming the starter internally, but not announcing it publicly, just rolling out with him against Navy. I would have no problem with that as well. Just like, you know, when Tyler Buckner didn't play in the spring game last year, I said at the time, it wasn't the worst thing in the world for Notre Dame because the game is televised. No one got to see what a, you know, what a regular Tyler Buckner offense could look like. And, you know, it, it wasn't the worst thing. And now you do have quarterbacks with two different skill sets. So uh, I I wouldn't have a problem with that either. You know, like I, I know that it would cause a lot of people a lot of distress and they couldn't go, with, you know, they couldn't live without knowing who the starting quarterback was going to be going into that game. But uh, I I think, you know, strategically, it would not be a bad move at all to keep that under wraps. But I've got a feeling that that we're going to – I I like, if we set an over-under on a week into training camp, I would not be shocked if it is under, just like it has been the last couple of years when a starter has been named. Because, they you know, they've gotten it out of the way early and then moved on with their preparation for the season opener. Okay, so looking at the Irish Breakdown premium boards this weekend, there's apparently this narrative floating around out there from at least one other outlet that Sam Hartman is struggling this spring. So now, again, the media has been to two practices where we've seen anything live. We've seen, you know, like the stretching 
and we in some of those five period practices where you basically see some drills and stuff like that, maybe a little one on one or like, I don't even think we saw seven on sevens at the five period practices, but we've seen two practices where we've seen live stuff. Is that enough to base an opinion like that on? There's nowhere near um, enough time to to base an opinion on. Again, we're talking about very um, scripted practices and the fact that you're yeah, I know the one was full was the uh, was the, was the first practice actually a full practice in length that you got to see or was it just like uh, the first hour of practice? Uh, so you're saying the very first time we got to see something or yeah, this spring. Now, the, the first couple were the five periods. And then I think two weeks ago, Saturday, was the full open practice. And then like a week and a half later, this past Wednesday, maybe that was three weeks. I don't even know. In the last like two and a half weeks, I think, I think we've seen the two practices. Right. So, I mean, these are one, spring practices. Um, and two, you're not seeing every practice. And three, they're scripted practices. So, there's just no, there's no way that anyone could could come to the logical conclusion that Sam Hartman um, is struggling. And to me, if someone wants to start that narrative, they're just looking for something to kind of get clicks, unfortunately. And that's, that's kind of um, well, a people trend that do that. Yeah. I was going to say that's a trend that is very largely going around right now is just kind of saying, you know, controversial things that are, are going to get clicks, no matter if there's a little bit of truth, no truth, or, you know, full on truth. So, I, I just don't think that you can you can make that statement, you know, with Sam's background um, without seeing him play in an actual live game or maybe even the spring game. Like I I, yeah, I wouldn't even trust if it came out after the spring game. I would have to see it full on against another opponent, live time, you know, game situation. Yeah. Um, you know, again, two practices trying to trying to come to some overlying conclusion you know conclusive you know this this guy is struggling i i just I, I just don't see it because again we're talking about two snapshots over i think it's 10 practices that they've had now and again you know it's like they're not even practicing every day it's it's you know right around every other day basically and so to say he's struggling i think is completely off the mark, you know, like we're all going to watch the blue gold game this Saturday, no matter what good or bad, we're going to see things and there's going to be, you know, a big, there's going to be overreactions to it. Good and bad. You know, what happened last year? Monday. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Buckner didn't, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. A week from today, overreaction Monday based on the blue gold game last year, Buckner didn't play. Drew Pine wasn't great. Steve Angeli led the late touchdown drive against a bunch of walk-ons and third stringers and all of a sudden he's joe montana right like it's it's human nature to overreact but i just don't fall prey to the mike greenberg effect you know i.e don't be a prisoner of the moment especially when you're talking about a couple of practices in the spring they are spring practices and like you said jess they are scripted they are working on specific things so I just there there is not nearly enough body of evidence to say struggling to say he is struggling. I don't buy it. Now you can say maybe the offense as a whole, you know, like they're, they're not moving the ball. We haven't seen a whole lot from the offense in the times they've been there. But 
you know, from what we've been told and what we've seen, they've also been working on certain things, all the blitzes and all that different stuff that we've talked about. So I guess my question to you is like, what would struggling look like, you know, considering we're talking about a, a, a sixth year quarterback and it's a, it's a, you know, a period of four hours that, that you'd be basing that conclusion on that a guy would be struggling. Yeah. So for me, what that would look like specifically at the quarterback position, because I think you have to consider, you know, not the, the offense as a whole, but what is the quarterback controlling and, you know, that, that sort of stuff. So struggling to me would be not getting the offense set up, right. You know, not going through, um, I guess not having an understanding of kind of, you know, the playbook or where guys are supposed to be on the field or kind of like, you know, forgetting to pre-snap motion a guy or, you know, maybe maybe specifically when it comes to throwing, just not being on the same page as the wide receiver, maybe throwing a ball at his feet, not having the route, you know, be timed up correctly, um, overthrown balls, underthrown balls. To me, a lot of bad quarterback play would be the, like the timing of stuff. And that can be, again, overthrown balls, underthrown balls, not getting, not throwing to the spot to where the wide receiver is supposed to be, you know, not reading the coverage and understanding, you know, where the wide receiver is going to, you know, because a lot of these routes are, have built-in choice routes. So if a, a certain coverage is shown, a wide receiver might run a dig route or he might run a go route. So just knowing based off coverage where the wide receiver is supposed to be and then getting the ball to him on time, in stride, that kind of stuff. And then, and then on a more global level, again, of just having the play set up to where it's supposed to be, putting the offense in the position pre-snap to snap the ball and have the play run successfully. Yeah, if you want to see struggling, the definition of struggling, look at the first half of the Cal game <laughs> last season. Like that, that is struggling. And, you know, a couple of people have, have made some good points. So, you know, like DT, struggling would be not doing well in seven on sevens or with, you know, one on one drills. Absolutely. Like if he's throwing the ball into the ground or, you know, sailing it, you know, into the sideline or into the stands during those kind of drills, what we've seen from him, it's, it's not like, it, you know, and just, erratic throwing interceptions all those different things neither one of these guys is doing those kind of things we're not seeing you know just like you know poor poor mechanics on the throws you know and, and like short hopping the ball under there's you know have we seen a couple overthrows yeah we've talked about those but they have mostly come you know like to to chris tyree in the first practice you know the first fully open practice that we talked about you know and it, you know like i still Wonder, you know, like getting used to throwing to a smaller guy, but like he sure was on the money on the deep route to to uh, Chris Tyree the other day. And it's just, you know, like I, I just don't see it. I, I, one, it's the, the body of work is not, you know, not not the body of work, but, uh, you know, this the sample size is not there to base that kind of opinion on. And the play just has not been erratic. It has not been erratic by any means. It's mostly been some of the stuff you're talking about. I think that, you know, it's like what we've seen from him has more to do with still getting used to a new system, a new coaching staff, you know, a new a new set of receivers that he hasn't worked with before. A lot of them very young, you know, three early enrollee freshmen and the others, guys who haven't seen the field that much, you know. So, like, how much, how much do you think that factors into it? Just the fact that this – for as veteran as Sam Hartman is, that this is all relatively new to him. You know, like even if this is his sixth spring, 
it's still a very new environment, new setting for him, new cast characters. This oh, spring. yeah, that's that's a very I mean, we talked about, you know, the defense going through its third coordinator in you know, three seasons last year that that goes for Sam Hartman being in a system for pretty much his whole career and then switching over and then being hit with the new offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, offensive line coach. And then all the while trying to get some of these younger, inexperienced wide receiver group up to speed as well. Like there's a lot of things that have to be synchronized together. And I think that that is something that shouldn't go unnoticed. I think that's going to be a challenge and probably going to be, you know, determine the overall success this season offensively wise is how synchronized can Harmon get with the offense and then how synchronized can he get with this rather inexperienced group of wide receivers. Yeah, exactly. So Freeman was also asked what he's seen from the offense this spring, and he wasn't asked specifically about Hartman, but he uses an example that includes Hartman. Progression and, and we and, and show them what progression means. Are you taking drills? Are you taking examples from practice one or practice two and and improving in practice eight and nine. And one of those examples was a third down play in practice six, Sam Hartman cover versus cover two. It was a third down. He's looking to Tobias. I think it's Tobias on the sideline. And they weren't on the same page. There was, there was a lack of trust, right? Between Tobias and Sam and Sam and Tobias. And then practice eight or nine, the exact same situation came up, third down, the exact same defensive call. And there was a completion. Why? Because trust is built. We're learning. We're progressing. And that's what you want to see. You want to see are there drills we're doing in, in on practice two? Are they being implemented in real situations? And so all those things matter. Yeah. And like when you hear that, it, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. Like spring, as you can attest to, Jesse, spring is not necessarily about the result all the time. And you're like, you know, you, you always hear the, you know, the whole, the process and all that kind of stuff, process versus outcome and all those things. But literally it's like spring is just about trying to get better. It's not like you're trying to get to a point where you're going to win a football game in a couple of weeks. That's still months away. Can you be incrementally better within the system that you were learning? And, you know, like, what is, what does that tell you when you hear that? Yeah, so what you're overall looking at in spring is just a progression of did you make the same mistakes in practice two, in practice five, and in practice eight? Like, are you compounding mistake on mistake? And if it's the same mistakes, that's what's detrimental because obviously something is not getting through to you. Spring is about taking your toolbox as a player and sharpening all of your tools and maybe swapping out a better hammer for a better hammer or a better screwdriver for a better screwdriver. Like it's all about just getting better individually. So then as a whole, you are better at the end of everything because it, it doesn't matter, you know, who wins offense versus defense because it's the same offense and the same defense, mm -hmm. every practice, every week, you know, what's coming. And so when it's, when it's set up like that, again, it's just, what are you doing to get better? How are you getting better and then overall, the more play, the more players that get better overall, well, that's just only going to make the team overall better. So that's got to be the emphasis of spring practice is how are you progressing as a player? Are you going from like a 70 overall to an 80 overall? Or are you stuck on 70 because you keep making the same mistake that you were making before? And again, I go back to it often, but there was a guy 
and that I was competing with for linebacker and in practice two, he was lining up in the wrong spot. And in practice eight, he was lining up in the wrong spot. So he just, you know, you can't be trusted to be out there if you can't even, you know, do the same thing. You can't correct what you were told to correct, you know, three, four practices ago. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, if you, if you can't correct it from practice one to practice eight, you know, like you, you would hope that you're going to be able to uh, correct it from rep one to rep eight in the same practice. And, you know, again, like those aren't the kind of things that we're seeing from Sam Hartman. It's it's none of that kind of stuff. It's it's really, you know, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, is there just, you know, like, a, 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 you know, like a gamer switch that goes on for this guy? Because, again, we didn't get to see, you know, anything other than what we got on that highlight package but it sure sounded like things went pretty well for him out there you haven't and you haven't seen you know the interceptions the turnovers any of that kind of stuff so i don't know dt says i want to get into the battle for number three yeah you know unfortunately those handful of reps that we see between angeli and minchi you know like if you want to say that that you know like what we've seen from one and two isn't enough to, to, you know, to fully base these opinions on then what we're seeing from three and four ain't even close. So unfortunately for that, but I mean, you see some talent all four, you know, we, we, we've talked about this quite a bit in the last couple of weeks, all four of these guys, one through four, really good looking quarterback room, really good looking best overall one through four talent. I can remember in a long, long time here at Notre Dame. So you know, that's that's a good sign just in itself that you've got that one through four. So this takes us now into the wide receivers a little bit. You know, Freeman, you know, again, he press conference after practice Saturday and um, he was asked what he needs to see from this group by the time training camp rolls around. You know what? It, it, precision. Right. It is exact details and, and what happens when you are precise and you're exact um, in your alignments and your route running. Now there's a trust built between the quarterback and the whiteouts. You know, right now you see a lot of times our quarterbacks we, and we've gotten tremendously better over 11 practices at times are waiting to, the, to see them open before they throw it instead of trusting and knowing exactly where that wideout's going to be. And so they have to continue to develop. They've developed a tremendous amount. Coach Dougie's done a great job with that room. Those three freshmen are all practicing um, at a, a much higher level than when they came in. Um, and so as you see this progression getting to August, just continue to improve. And how do you improve? Not just your skill set, but the exact details of the position. And then that trust is built between the wideouts and the quarterback. You know, so you've got a converted running back in the group. You've got three early enrollees. You got a group of receivers who are basically all sophomores in terms of their experience. And like when I say that, I know Deion Colsey's a junior, but he has 13 catches for a little more than 200 yards in two years, you know. And the, like the whole group is working with the guy who just transferred in. The incumbent only played in three games last year. So how big a factor is is all of that? for these guys. Yeah, I think it's it's honestly a lot because I mean kind of what I was touching on just a little bit earlier like this is a a new quarterback and a new system with not a lot of like wide receiver experience for the quarterback to fall back on like 
I'm sure that Sam Hartman, it, it would take a little bit of the pressure off him if he had, you know, maybe a three, four year wide receiver who, you know, like a Michael Mayer, essentially, or His like a Michael. Net. Yeah, just like a safety net of someone where, hey, I know if I'm having a bad day or having a bad practice, I have a guy that I can fall back onto and, and get the ball to and maybe some of these tough situations. And I think Marcus Freeman brought up the most important point when talking about, you know, these wide receivers. They have to be so precise. Like Sam Hartman has to trust that even though that they're young and inexperienced, that they're going to run the right route so he knows he can put the ball there. Because if he can't trust that he can put the ball there, well, then he's going to start second-guessing and he's going to maybe put the ball there a little late, a little early. And that's what's going to lead overall to, I think, interceptions or maybe bad plays is guys not being, you know, precise. And Freeman talked about it, and you brought it up too, is like, it's such a young group that has no real kind of proven statistics to back them up. And I think, again, that's going to be the hardest challenge this year is who is going to step up and be that guy. And what's unfortunate, too, is the guy that they kind of brought in, you know, to, to be that older veteran experience is no longer with the team now, too. So I think that's also a setback within itself because you don't have someone who can take over and lead the room essentially they're waiting on who is going to be that guy this year who's going to step up and be the leader of the wide receiver group um and, and really kind of help sam hartman out in his transition of you know what this offense is and a transition from an offense that he's run you know in the past because it's this mm -hmm. offense is way different than what he's run in prior all that stuff that you're talking about is not stuff that can be solved in 10 practices like it just takes time they, they have to get used to one another and again it's not like you're seeing a receiver like he you know like he's he's supposed to be running a dig and he's running a go or any of this kind of stuff and I believe they've simplified some of this stuff too you know like just in terms of you know like how you know routes and you know all these different things are going to be done you know you know like um but the summer is going to I think that is where you're going to see like I, and we saw like think about Deshaun Kaiser a few years back you know like Deshaun Kaiser looked horrible in the spring and obviously when Malik Zaire goes down you know Deshaun ends up stepping up and he has a massive season had you know and all that like the summer is going to really be where these guys I think connect and get on the same page because even though it won't be you know, officially practice and all that kind of stuff out there. They'll be out running routes, throwing the balls to each other. They'll get, you know, a, a lot different level of comfort with each other, I, I think, over the course of, of June and July before training camp ever starts. Yeah, and that's like, that's the prime time for quarterbacks and wide receivers to get on the same page because, I mean, all you're doing is going out there and just running routes together. You're getting a feel for one another. You're understanding that connection um, and I think that's going to be honestly the most important time. Like, yeah, the spring is, you know, what it is. And, and you know, you want to get better and see the progress that Marcus Freeman was talking about. But like these guys need to get on a page, you know, of their own. And that's why you see so many NFL quarterbacks and wide receivers and running backs training together in the offseason before, you mm -hmm. know, camp starts and all that stuff, because it's important. And I think that's going to be the most beneficial time for Sam Hartman and, and these wide receivers is just hanging out on campus together, getting to know each other. And then just going out and basically playing kind of pickup football, you know, just throwing routes to each other, you know, and, and just having a real like essentially a good time with it. Like it's it's something that should be fun. 
And then by the time you get to spring, it's like, or sorry, yeah, fall camp, it's like, okay, now it's it's time to actually, you know, do this for real and, and show what we got and go against a live defense. But really looking forward to how it all comes together, you know, between Sam Hartman and, and these wide receivers that have, like, if you're a wide receiver at Notre Dame right now, you should be giddy because it's an open door. Like, literally anyone can take over at this point, freshman, right. sophomore, junior, whoever you might be, the door is wide open. And so, you know, if you have the talent and you have that, you know, that that drive to want to take that spot, I think now is the, the ample opportunity for someone to really step up and take charge of the wide receiver room. Yeah. Anthony says he thinks that Tobias is the alpha male, and I don't doubt that at all. You know, again, like we haven't seen that when we've been there, but we've seen plenty of highlights that say Tobias has stepped up and made some crazy catches, you know, when we haven't been out there to see it, you know, so just because we haven't been there doesn't, you know, and, and it's, again, it's the same, like going back to the whole quarterback conversation, how you're evaluating these guys, you know, you're basing everything on two practices as opposed to all this other time that those guys have been out there. And as Michael says, Hartman can make this young wide receiver room better also and is going to be part of it. And again, a big part of it is just getting out there and doing all that stuff you're just talking about in the summer. Like he'll, he, he will, I think eventually make this group better. It's just that, you know, it's, it's not going to happen by practice 10 in the spring when it took over, you know, what a month, month and a half after he got here, on campus, you know, not even like within a month and a half, like he didn't know what the offense was going to be until a couple of weeks before spring started because the offensive coordinator obviously left and you got a new offensive coordinator and they start tweaking some things. And, you know, so I think that that's probably has to play into this as well. They're still figuring some things out, you know, from, from that end. And, you know, and, and it's set like there's just all the different things we've heard say that, you know, this, this stands to be really exciting in terms of like you've wanted to see some some change offensively from this program for several years and now you're going to have a chance to see it potentially so i think there's there's much more potential good than bad with with all this stuff it's just you know you're just not going to have the answers in the spring you know i'm 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 more excited about what happens when when the the, the calendar hits august and you know, then we'll just be saying, how much are we going to get to see before the season starts? Jesse, I will talk to you later. Enjoyed it. And uh, we will talk to you later as well. Hit the like button on your way out and subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on IB Nation Sports Talk. Don't forget to do those taxes.